listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pokes, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Benjamin Chapman. I uh, have been voted out of my seat here on the Not Another Origin Story podcast, so uh, I have to I have to say goodbye. So, um, Pokes, I'm I, I, sorry. I, I should have run a better campaign. Um, I should not have tweeted those pictures that I tweeted. Uh, I feel like that might have hurt you in the long I think I think that hurt me in the long run. Um, so I just have to bow out. Also, uh, the baby punching incident <laughs> seems like it didn't pull well. That baby was just talking some shit. Um, yeah, don't get me wrong. That baby was a prick. <laughs> but considering this is my last episode before I have to, uh, uh, you know, um, submit my position here to Mark Marin. Uh, I, you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's a rough go, but I plan to start my own garage based podcast. And I think, I think I'm going to land on my feet. What's this, what's this garage based podcast going to be called? Um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be eating uh dollar menu items from McDonald's and then dipping them in mayonnaise and rating them. It's going to be called dollar mayonnaise. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm just, it's going to, it's going to be pretty no, I'm pretty great. We we already got sponsorship, so. Did you just make this up right now? <laughs> <laughs> because if you just made up dollar, what was it? Sorry, do- dollar millionaires. No. Yes. That is a um, that is a pre-existing joke. Thank you, Chris Anderson. Um. Oh, okay. Because I was just gonna tell you is, you know, there is literally a podcast where it's two dudes who just go to shitty chain restaurants and order yeah. the food and then review it. I and am aware they of do that. not like each other anymore. <laughs> so that is not this I, podcast. So I can not remember the name of the podcast, but if you listen to it, you can hear them starting to hate each other, and it's the best part of the podcast. <laughs> you know, s- s- totally unrelated side note that we're totally allowed to do here on these mini episodes because they have no form or structure. Um, but um, a friend of the podcast, Michael, Michael Hayes, and I um, were really into this band here in Chicago. And we, when I, when I first moved here, and we went to them to see them a lot. And it was a husband and wife duo along with a supporting band. And we saw like, one or two of their shows. We were obsessed with them. And then we went to see their third show. Upon arriving, discovered they had just filed for divorce, and it was their last show. Oh. Uh, the rift between them was palpable on stage it was the roughest thing i have seen in a long time why would you go ahead and perform i don't know like they kept it together i mean they didn't have like a fight on stage or anything like there was no breakdown there was no jerry springer moment but like at one point the the female lead singer was saying you know this next song is about heartbreak which is something very close to me right now and as she's saying this sort of intro the husband who is lead guitarist just starts playing over Wow! <laughs> and starting the song early, and a nervous drummer just kept keeps upbeat, <laughs> <laughs> just like looking furtively between the two of them while he hits that hi hat. It was I I can't just it was like being in a Seinfeld episode. It was like it was something uh, something else. Um, anyhow, uh, thanks for tuning in to this podcast streamed live from Chicago, uh, the city of dreams here in uh, not live lovely Illinois, nor is it exclusively from um chicago all right we're here to talk to you about this actually from two states that's (laughs) how good we are everybody uh we are here to of course remind you that if you're listening to this episode and you haven't checked in in a while i highly recommend taking a quick step backwards on your podcast feed and listening to our last episode an excellent review 
of the uh, Runaways Hulu television show with our good friend Chris Toom, who came yeah. with uh, knowledge bombs about the the comic, more knowledgeable than the two of us, as most guests tend to be. <laughs> it's not hard. And it, it's one of those episodes that kind of had positive vibes. I mean, we were all yes. sort of digging on the show. Here's an interesting fact. For once, I liked something. <laughs> And the show did not get as many listens as normal. So I'm just saying, <laughs> people like that I am bitter and can't enjoy life. Look, I'm talking to Nate Silver. We're working out the details on this. But the early projection suggests that um, they might like a Cranky Pogues more than, yeah. <laughs> than, than a people, welcoming. People like knowing I suffered, I think, is really the joy they get. It's not so much that I hated it, but to be like, ooh, he wasted two hours of his life and he's salty about it. So, so please... Please give us a five-star review on iTunes and just write in the comment section of your review. I love the taste of Pogue's suffering. It's, yeah. That's all we need. That's all we need. Um, salty Pogues. Just hashtag Salty Pogues. Now, there was a quick correction that uh, was submitted by me right now. In our Runaway episode, I say that I think uh, the two girls who are – I cannot remember their names now. Uh, the girl who's really strong and the girl who can talk to dinosaurs. I forget their names. I said they were real sisters, that they're biological sisters. Right. They are They are not. I was wrong. They. they I, I kept watching the show, and a couple episodes in, they talk about how the fact that the younger girl is actually the adopted one and the other girl is the hippie's real. You're talking about so. Molly and I think Gertrude, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Sorry, thank you. I, like, I went to say it and I was like, wow, I just completely blanked on their names. Yeah, so Molly and Gertrude. Molly is the adopted one, Gertrude is the actual child. So I wanted to correct myself for those mm-hmm. of you who listened. That's good. Uh, I think we also forgot an actor's name and I, and I was correct, but I've, I've forgotten that correction, so it's okay. We're not good at our own podcast. It's Tom Sizemore. Um, Tom Sizemore, yeah, that's probably it. Um, but we're also here to announce the next film that we'll be watching and Pogues, I am just excited about this one. I'm now, excited that you think it can be considered a film. <laughs> well, here's how we got to this film. Uh, this actually surprised the two of us is uh, I've put together some decent, uh, some pretty solid data on our episodes just so that, to make sure that we are uh, on track. And I noticed that we have done 21 Marvel uh, films and we've only done about 11 DC films. So I think it's about time to balance the scales a little bit. Wouldn't you agree? I, I think you're right. Um, so to do so, I was listing out some of the movies to Pogues. And if this is correct, you were surprised by one particular fact. Was I mentioned that the last sort of, uh, I call them all Schumacher Batmans, even though like he only did two of them. But I feel like he did all of them. Um, Not that <laughs> far off. Uh, so, so Batman and Robin came out in 97, which came out the same year the movie we're going to do is, which I'll leave as a little teaser for you. Uh, that was 97. It took, it took seven years for them to, for DC to release another film property in 2004. And that property was Catwoman. <laughs> Can you believe that a studio would take seven years off and be like, we got to come back. What do you got <laughs> for us? And somebody was like, Catwoman. They were like, Michelle Pfeiffer, we're bringing her back. And they were like, no. It's a Catwoman, not the Catwoman. It'll actually have nothing to do with the Catwoman from the Batman series, other than the fact that they both have the name Catwoman. And then the only movie between Catwoman and Batman Begins, which came out a year later, which feels wrong. I feel like Catwoman came out. I feel like Catwoman came out in like two thousand and one, and 
Batman Begins came out in like 2014. You know what I mean? It feels yeah. so much newer. Catwoman feels like it, it came out like while like in <laughs> the Batman and Robin universe. Like, yeah. It was their version of a Catwoman film. But it didn't. They almost came out, you know, only a few months from each other. Uh, and then Constantine is wedged in there as well. So that's a bizarre, like, tra- a timeline of movies to go from Steel, Catwoman, Constantine, Christopher Nolan's Batman Begins. That's bonkers. I cannot be the actual. Is that history? Is that real? I mean, it, <laughs> I could not real. believe when he was like, all right, it goes the movie we're going to do. And then he was like, and then he was like something. And I, I gave was it like, away, by the way. He said, oh, yeah. He said <laughs> Catwoman. And I was like, no. Well, what came out between those two? And he was like, nothing. And I could not, I was like, in my mind, I was like, what year did, I mean, we'll just say, we're doing the movie Shaquille O'Neal's Steel. Yeah, the Sha- the O'Neal vehicle, Steel. Yeah, I, hot, I, I don't know, is this, <laughs> is this hot off of Kazam, or is this uh, pre-Kazam? That's an, actually an excellent question. Or wasn't uh, Shaq Fu, isn't that, wasn't that thing? Kazam was 1996. So hot off the film in which, Shaq plays a genie who at one point sleeps in the same bed as a child. They decided to cast him as Steel. Shaquille O'Neal, known for being a, a big Superman fan and a comic book fan, he uh, has the Superman logo tattooed on his arm. So it's unsurprising that he wanted to be in this yeah. movie. Yeah, I mean, it makes but sense. this is a film that I thought came out, like, when Ben said 97, I was like, no, that's not right either. This movie had to come out in, like, 92. And then I started thinking, I was like, that's probably insane, because I don't think Shaquille O'Neal was, like, a basketball player at that point. So it'll be interesting to see. I've only ever seen clips of this film. I have also not good. only seen clips, as well as listened to the competing podcast, uh, a competing Lily Reviews podcast episode about this movie. I have no, I have no idea what podcast you could be talking about because we certainly <laughs> did not steal our format from them, whoever they are. Whoever these these suckers maybe are. With whoever these made-up people you've come up with are. This, no this podcast I've heard of. This podcast that is definitely a peer of ours. And, <laughs> and yes, best, basically contemporaries. We thought of it at the same time four years later. But this is... Um, Oh boy, this is Steel. Yeah, if you haven't caught it yet, it came out in yeah ninety seven. Uh, you are right; it is it is hot off Kazam. I mean, he he did Kazam, uh. which is like insane because that movie, I cannot. There's no way Kazam did good. Have you seen Kazam? Yes. Really? Yes. Jesus, I have not seen. Kazam. Um, I recommend, if nothing else, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. Look up the rap where Kazam explains how he became a genie and it really sums up the entire movie for you you know you just man doing the worst rhymes you'll ever see with a kid just yelling most of what he's saying you didn't even need to finish that sentence that was a waste of your time because when you said the phrase just look up the rap where kazam tells you about what follows that sentence could be anything and i would google it i'm googling it now well, I've got good news for you, Ben, because the plot of Kazam is a kid finds a genie, and the genie wants to be a hip-hop artist. How <laughs> the genie knows about hip-hop is unclear. <laughs> really lot... into it, though. Look, And uh, the whole movie's, like, uh, I guess, like, background plot focuses on a ring of 
promoters who are recording live concerts of DeBrat and trying to sell the CDs? Question mark. The movie doesn't make a lot of sense. Look, folks, I don't want to get too deep into Kazam. We can cover that on our sister podcast, the Shaquille O'Neal Appeal. But for right now, I want to cover Steel. <laughs> Shit, I'm not going to lie to you. I would totally do a Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> podcast. Can we do it? You know, you know, like, you know what, guys? I have to take it back. Kazam made eighteen million dollars domestically. That's insane. I can't after seeing the film. No way it cost more than ten million to make. How much do you think Steel made? Uh, Here's a better question: How yeah. much do you think Steel could have cost? I, well, I'm, I'm gonna guess the first one. I think Steel. I think Steel. Steel. Steel O'Neal made uh like two two million i think it was low i'm gonna tell you this what you were almost right oh, 1.7 million mm, okay then i think that it cost 12 million it cost 16 million dollars oh no <laughs> in 1997 uh, the clips there must be something in this movie that i have not seen because 16 million dollars is a fuck ton of money in the 19 19- in 1997 did they just pay his like nba salary for him to be here for this movie holy shit yeah like i sometimes i i know that uh oh, no. Rats, the kevin smith movie cost six million dollars to make and he talks about how it was too much money and he he wishes they had given him less but I judge movies all the time by being like, all right, that movie came out in 97. It cost $6 million. Does this movie look like it was better filmed <laughs> or have more celebrities? And in my mind, I just can't think that there's any way Shaq could have cost almost three times the amount of that film. I'm looking forward to seeing where $16 million went. Uh, well, if you're, if you're unfamiliar, uh, this shouldn't be, a, this isn't one of those episodes where you're surprised to hear that this is an, a movie that we're doing, like, say, uh, I'm trying to think of one that was, that, that, that was surprised people that was based on a comic, like surrogates or whatever, but, um, obviously no one is surprised by the idea that steel is a comic it's probably well established, although I think if you quizzed even, like, the average comic reader, they would struggle to maybe detail lots about here is i think what everyone would say because this is what i this is what i know and i feel like i'm an average comic book reader unless you were like really big into superman or really big into the superman dies the death of superman run here's what i think most people would say uh steel was one of the people who appeared after superman died who people thought might be superman which was like a really short series they did uh, for like two issues and they changed the story to just be like there's just four new supermen and i think most people thought he stopped being a character once superman came back but twist he's not he's in the new 52 <laughs> i really thought that he had stopped being a character after superman came back but looking at the wikipedia page he apparently had it appears in the new 52 which is shocking to me yeah he was around for a bit uh he he was at least i think I will give I will give the character credit of the sort of yeah of those like proto Superman that came out yeah, briefly there was like the Superman team and the cyborg Superman yeah who became evil and uh, there was one more that I don't remember of those I think Steel was the most memorable the one that people could recall if you were to ask them to um, partially because of this movie I think because it was such a substantial failure but because the the, 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 as you as we talked a little bit offline, the character is so well. It's got two distinct features. One is that oh, the other one was Eradicator. Okay, keep going. 
One is that it's one of the few DC characters that is African-American. There aren't many. No, there are not. And so that was notable. And it was basically like as close to having a as having just an African American Superman as possible was this steel mm-hmm. character. So that was Although they, they cover him in steel, so he just looks kind of white and blue. True. Sort of racist when you think about it. <laughs> well it's short sighted, I guess. But um the other is that, as you just described, the character's concept was fucking insane. Where he's apparently made of like a like a it's he's like wearing the Terminator two T fucking whatever yeah i mean thousand steel but if you go and look up a picture of him he is basically just a like a nude man like a like if you think about 90s comics where they drew people with like 20 extra muscles that don't actually exist and you were just like okay that's that's and then just cover in blue that's steel like there's no way he could wear a suit of armor made of steel that is also like form-fitted and could move it's in, like an insane design and his Superman logo is just like riveted on, like, and by riveted I mean like rivets, like you put into like a crossbeam to hold a skyscraper up. Yeah, it's very, it's odd. And he carries a sledgehammer because you may think that's an odd choice. No, not when he's named John Henry Irons. Yeah, which is just extra confusing because that's a different metal, guys. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like Steel's. A, that's an actual <laughs> last name. People's last name can be Steel. Why didn't you just name him John Henry Steele? Also, were you afraid people wouldn't get the reference to the John Henry Steele driving man? Like, yeah. you, you thought giving a superhero a gigantic uh, sledgehammer like you would drive a railroad tie-in with and they wouldn't figure out which guy it was? Just call him J.H., you know? Just call him fucking... It's, they might as well have just called him, like, John Henry. I, like, just picked every famous just call black him person Hen- and just put his name. Like, it's just insane. Like, why couldn't it have been Henry Steele? Yeah, I get it. And, and it's just and he goes by john i don't fucking know there's so many variations that aren't this on the nose yeah it's sort of like when i when they revealed uh, harley quinn's real name is harley quinzel i'm like quinn is an actual last name it's an irish why couldn't she just have been <laughs> named harley quinn why did it have to be an alias harley quinzel that's not a name also when people Ugh. choose an alias they don't necessarily just like change a consonant <laughs> of their yeah, fucking exactly name. i mean all comics are sort of guilty of this, you know, like Dr. Octavius turns into Doc Ock. And yeah, it's the thing, most but... absurd. If it's not that, it's the alliteration thing where it's like, it's like everyone's got to be like the first and last name have to be precise. I, I'm not going to argue that. It's a great thing because my actual name, uh, my first and last name start with the same letter. It does. Oh, shit. You're a comic yeah. character. I, I am. It. I have superpowers. I'm yeah. really fat. You're cranky man. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm bitchy Joe. I can take the joy out of anything. Bitchy Joe. <laughs> that, just makes you sound, great... that just makes you sound like really like petty. Yeah. <laughs> like real catty. <laughs> yeah, that just... Baby bitchy is the wrong word. <laughs> My superhero name is Sourpuss. Oh, okay, that is a superhero name. I need to see... I need to see you drop that logo tonight. Um... <laughs> So, so we'll be covering Steel next, of course. I will. Uh, we, of course, always do our best to include a guest. Uh, as always, my ideal guest is someone who has either a passionate love or a fiery hot hate for the film that we're doing because I think it it, it adds that flavor that you need. But that sweet taste. Steel of... will be a tough one because I don't know many people. Oh, you don't that know a lot of people that Steel's in their top five. Saw it at all, so uh, it's going to be tough. Um, also, we discussed uh, uh, while we were researching this movie. Did you 
do we does everyone just kind of agree that Steel's like origin story is a little too close to to old Iron Man? Like minus minus because like I don't do, I don't know what you mean. Isn't his origin is he is creating weapons that turn out are being sold to criminals and he wants to stop. So he builds like a metal suit and then he flies around superpowers. Oh boy! And okay. he stops people from using this technology for evil. Thanks. I see no similarities. <laughs> um, uh, I here's how I know they're not sim. They're not the same thing. Iron Man, Steel. I rest my case. John Henry Irons. <laughs> yeah, it would be like as if Tony Stark's name was actually like Tony Steel. Tony Steel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're just they're like, oh, come on. <laughs> so, um, also an interesting thing I, I was looking up into this movie is the director for this film is also the writer, which pokes, uh, run it down. How many written and directed by movies have gone great? <laughs> uh, seven. <laughs> now i'm sure there's more but here's the thing usually those aren't adaptions of properties <laughs> it's uh i think adapting a property takes a certain skill set which i don't think a lot of writers have you know what i mean I, I it's not like the same as creating something on your own well what's interesting is the director of steel kenneth johnson isn't a complete nobody he has done oh, i thought you're gonna say isn't a director uh he's done a shitload of interesting shit uh he directed the uh, a relatively famous miniseries from the uh early 80s called just v which, oh the old yeah it was a re it was remade recently to literally no one's attention but um the original one is of numerous acclaim and he wrote and directed that which is interesting a pretty big deal he also wrote uh, a fair amount and wrote and directed a fair amount of the Bionic Woman uh, and the original Incredible Hulk TV series in the Ooh, 80s. That's and... a good show. I like the Incredible Hulk TV show, uh, which I have not seen since it was I was a child, so maybe it doesn't age well. I don't know, but damn, do I love that theme at the end. He also directed uh, Short Circuit 2. Uh, I'm not sure how to take that one. <laughs> the one that... Is the guy still doing brownface? Yeah, that's including the, the brownface Fisher Stevens. Uh, okay, then I'm going to go ahead and just say no, I don't like it. <laughs> he then went on to help create the television series Alien Nation. Is that familiar to you at all? Yes, it was uh, <laughs> very similar in a lot of ways to V. Uh, Alien Nation was a show, if I remember correctly, in which uh, aliens had come to live on Earth and they had like a, their own little country. Yeah, he he directed the pilot to Alien Nation and then... Um, well, he went. He went on to direct, you know, a handful of, uh, well, six Alien Nation TV made-for-TV movies. Six, consecutively. That's, that's a lot of made-for-TV movies. <laughs> and then directed Steel. So I feel like he may have been uh, going insane <laughs> at this point. I, I feel like he he got Steel and he was like, oh fuck, there's no aliens in this. I'm out, guys. Pretty Feels like that was his wheelhouse. Bizarre uh, profile. Um, he did help reboot. He did like a reboot of Sherlock Holmes in the '90s that apparently was critically acclaimed to some degree. But anyway, I'm getting off track. That's the interesting stuff. It was a stuff. reboot of Sherlock Holmes in the '90s. They, they, I think every decade they do a Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, I know. Damn. Uh, How many times can you hear about the Hounds of Baskerville? <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, the, the point I'm getting at is this guy has a very unique. IMDb profile. I've not seen anything quite like it. It's surprising. In the vein of, an, of a Marvel director, all TV. A lot of TV, and then suddenly, yeah. Just not a lot of skill, I guess. 
that's the difference. Well, Marvel finds the people with talent. So Steel has um, some pretty some pretty egregiously low reviews uh, to about nobody's surprise. Uh, I can't believe a movie that lost fourteen million dollars had low reviews. Shocking. Um. <laughs> oh oh oh. I'm sorry, I forgot. Uh, I gotta see what Roger Ebert said of it. We've, we've just established that Robert Ebert has the most, the strangest review structure. I think every time we find a movie that we thought was trash or decided it was bad, that it was uh, three out of four. Uh, yeah, wasn't Richie Rich like one of his favorite movies? <laughs> yeah, he loved the shit out of Richie Rich, and I still to this day am super confused by it. I'm uh, still upset we watched it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm still mad. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I, I think Macaulay Culkin hasn't gotten over it yet. So that's yeah, that's why you never see him anymore. Uh, I can't find it, but all right. Well, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll have to find that for the actual episode. We'll the actual episode. So definitely tune in next week for our Steel episode. I'm very excited about it. I promise it'll be. Uh, I haven't even watched the film yet, and I can promise it's going to be a fantastic episode because I just know it's going to be ripe. Uh, it is unfortunately not streaming for free anywhere, but you can, of course, rent it through Amazon or on YouTube. So there's the options if you wanted to watch it along with us. I would recommend watching it and then listening to the podcast because I feel like it'll be an episode that'll be enriched by seeing this, the garbage sandwich yeah. that we are then describing. <laughs> well, until next week, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, all at Pod. Uh, leave comments, uh, review us, like our Facebook page, spread the word if you enjoy the show, and we'll see you next week. Note to self on the Shaquille O'Neal appeal, spin a Shaquille O'Neal wheel of movies. There's literally like two of them. <laughs> it's gonna be a small wheel. I don't even know if that can be a, I guess it's just like a pie chart just cut in half. I'm gonna flip the. Well, the Shaquille O'Neal coin doesn't have the yeah. same fun appeal. Pose.